The following episode of Star Wars Action News was recorded live from Star Wars Celebration 6 in the Collector Social Area on Saturday, August 25th, 2012. Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Brian's Toys. At Brian'sToys.com, you can find Star Wars toys and collectibles from 1977 to the present. Brian's Toys has it all, from vintage toys and action figures right up to the latest releases. And when checking out, be sure to say you were referred to Brian's Toys by Star Wars Action News. So go check out the world's largest selection of Star Wars toys at Brian'sToys.com. This is Star Wars Action News' coverage of Star Wars Celebration 6 in Orlando. Hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Join us at SWActionNews.com for all your Star Wars Celebration collecting news. And every week as we help Star Wars collectors collect better. Hello and welcome to the Saturday edition of Star Wars Action News. I'm Arnie. I'm Marjorie. And we're dropping equipment already. Sorry. And thank you for coming. Although I'm wondering, even though the audience is small, what are you doing here? George George Lucas is in the house. George Lucas is on stage right now at the Star Wars Detours event with Seth Green and Matt Seinreich and Dan Milano and all those guys. We... Saw him earlier, not like personally. We like saw him across the room, got some photographs that I equate them. Like the Yeti. Yeah, like the Yeti. He's walking, he's looking, he's looking scared. Uh, Forensic analysis won't prove if it's really him. Well, and then there's the conversation, you know, do you bother him? The man's obviously going before anyone else is there. Do you, he's buying stuff. He's looking at stuff. He's got his beautiful girlfriend with him. Don't intrude on his personal space. Just let him be. That's why we pulled out the long-range lens, yes, so we didn't exactly. intrude on his personal space. <laughs> he went to the Clone Wars panel earlier, talked about his involvement on the Clone Wars. Jerry and Jonathan from Republic Forces Radio Network were there, and you'll be able to hear them talk about it on a special celebration edition of Republic Forces Radio Network, so we won't steal their thunder, but... It's cool that they kind of snuck him in. It's interesting that they snuck him in. I mean, he's a draw. And my personal opinion based upon what I've seen is it feels attendance is a little bit down this year at Celebration from last year. The exhibit floor is a little bit smaller this year from last year. They moved things in a little bit. So it seems like advertising George Lucas would be huge. I mean, I know, how long did I wait out in line to see George Lucas at Celebration 3? Entirely too long. Exactly. In the rain and snow and tornadoes. I kept telling myself, it's a once-in-a-lifetime event. He'll never do it again. This is now, what, the third Celebration? Correct. So now he's been at 50% of the celebrations, Arnie. Yeah, once in a lifetime. Or I slept on a convention center floor at Celebration 3 for that. All I can say is, who knew? But it was great that he's showing the support. I kind of wonder, I mean, we've talked about this, if the Aurora shootings might have made it a little bit more hush-hush than it would have been otherwise, if something like that. I know that they were really much more strict about the exhibit floor when he was touring it this time than they were last time. Even exhibitors couldn't get out there. There was a named list at the door. If your name was not on the list, you were not on the floor. And they completely changed the flow of traffic for the convention. It made it slower to get 
get in today. It and did. Saturday's the biggest day at the con, and maybe attendance is huge today. We, When we're starting this, the line is still meandering around, so it's hard to tell, but... It's been an amazing convention, and George Lucas showing up makes it even more special. And that he's doing not just the one panel that's being simulcast, but that he showed up unannounced at the Clone Wars panel. And then there was the super secret panel, and once George Lucas is spotted on the floor, and I think we might have been the first to tweet about it because we saw him, and we're like, all right, well, other people are taking photos too. It's public knowledge, so let's tweet it. So once that's out, the super secret secret is out. I think the only secret left to be revealed for celebration is the closing ceremonies because they promised us some secrets there, or a very special surprise. Three of them? Oh, 3D, you think. Jonathan's postulating that they may announce the release of 3D Scuttlebutt that we've heard is that they're actually doing episodes 2 and 3 next year. I don't believe any real rumors till it's confirmed. But given that we don't have a release date for episode 2 and you have to plan with theaters, it's not like they can keep that a secret. You have to work with theater distributors to say, we need your 3D projectors in order to get this on the number of screens, in order to fill the number of seats. So it seems like they're probably not going to be doing January again. It seems a little fast to try to push a big 3D release into January, February's time frame. It's possible, but if they waited a little later in the year and did a couple months staggered, Hasbro did say during their panel yesterday, and this was very interesting because at San Diego Comic-Con, I was talking to Hasbro, and they were talking about how when they had their Phantom Menace release this year, they overestimated the product. They shipped way too much of this year's Wave 1 of Vintage because it was Phantom Menace, and they thought everybody's going to go nuts on Phantom Menace. But what did they have in the Movie Heroes line? Phantom Menace. What did they have in the Walmart exclusive Discover the Force line? Phantom Menace. And they're like, everybody's going to watch Phantom Menace. They were partying like it was 1999. (laughs) And it was a big mistake on their part, and that's why we couldn't find figures this year. And so at San Diego Comic-Con, I said, so does that mean with episode two next year, which has been pretty much what Lucasfilm has said, it was, they said, one a year. So I thought it was safe to say episode two next year. And they just looked at me and said, there has been no announcement of episode two next year. So they won't comment on it. But then what they said during the panel yesterday was that during the first part of next year, They're going to have a card look that is Yoda. The same way that they had the Darth Maul card look for Episode 1, they're having the Yoda card look. You know these graphic designers, packaging is not cheap to design and get right. You're not going to change card art in the middle of the year without a really good reason. So if you're doing Yoda, who had his first big lightsaber fight at Attack of the Clones, for the first part of the year, and then doing something else... And you're not saying what else you're doing. You're not saying what it's going to be or why you're even changing. And the rumors of two 3D movies next year, it, it has credibility. It does, but we'll see. I, I don't listen to anything until it's confirmed. I don't want to get all excited or sad about anything. I'm thinking if they announced it, it would be today, though. Because they're doing the Future of Star Wars 3D panel 
three times today, and that is a must-see for me. What time was the first one? The first one is right after our live show at about 1.10, okay, 1.15. So we'll have to keep an eye on Twitter to see who's going to put that out there. Yeah, the first session's right now at noon, the second one's at 1.15, and the third one's the one I'm hoping to hit at 4.45. You're going to be busy. You're not going to be able to go with me. You're getting, what, a leg sleeve? I, pretty much. I think it's called Green Legs. I'm going to get a giant tattoo of R2-D2 on my calf. I played around with it. I've talked about it for a few weeks. I talked to the tattoo artist, Annie, from Through and Through Tattoo. Set up a time, 4 o'clock Saturday, ready to go. We will be interviewing you during it. Yay, we'll, st- we'll start off at the beginning when you're still enthusiastic and then have an interview with you at the three-hour point when you've been having a needle poked into you for three continuous hours. It's not my... I guess it will be my biggest tattoo. It is your biggest tattoo because you looked at getting it smaller, but because the detail in the art is so wonderful, they said this is the smallest they could do it. And mm-hmm. it's not like it's going to be a giant tattoo. It's that you're short. I am short. I do have short legs. So, you know, it's going to happen. But it's exciting. I'm really excited to get it. Aaron Shane drew it. He's been texting me. So we're, I'm going to tweet him pictures and send him pictures as I'm getting it done. I'll be in the tattoo area if anybody wants to come by and visit me and commiserate when they get to the back of my leg because that's where it really hurts. Who's the artist you're having to do it? Annie from Through and Through Tattoo. And how did you pick her? She's a girl. And she actually did the style of art that this is drawn because it's a very, if you've seen the picture, a few of you have in here, it's a retro, like a vintage looking tattoo, like with the banner and it says R2-D2 like the old sailors used to get with the mermaids and it's got some flowers on it and X-wings. So she kind of did that style. I equate it to Guns N' Roses uh, album cover art. Pre-Chinese democracy. Appetite for destruction? Yeah, that kind of thing, yeah. It's a vintage tattoo. Uh, That's what I like about it. And everybody you've shown it to has had a very positive reaction. So I think you should feel good about that. So I'll have my leg encased in plastic the rest of the night after that then. Yeah, somebody came up to us in the social area that we're running yesterday, and he'd gotten big tattoos from his elbow to his wrist on his inner forearms, on both arms, but he had his arms wrapped in saran wrap, and I just saw the tops, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, he's a burn victim. Oh, that must be recent with all the salve in there under there, keeping the burns at bay, and then he turns it over, and I see these red, fresh tattoos. I'm like, oh, okay. You did that on purpose. I thought it was like a stove thing where you're like reaching for a pot on a gas stove, but no. <laughs> but the social area has been going great. I did not quite know what to expect. It's something new at Celebration that Gus had asked us to chair and Man, last night was an absolute blast in here when we had the swap meet and social event. The room was packed to capacity. And at first we thought, oh, it's those crazy patch collectors because there was a patch being given out, the fan club patch that makes the Clone Wars poster. It was the collecting track piece that has Darth Maul on it. It's one of the hardest to get pieces. And the patch people were lined up hours in advance for that. And we thought, okay, we're going to hand out the patches. It's going to go. But no, the thing went the entire two hours. Tons of amazing collectibles were in this room. There was everything from people who had stuff they just got on the show floor from Star Touch, which they got in the panel areas. And then I bought some Mexican bootleg figures, actually one for you, and you ruined my surprise for you. Yeah, I mean, there were... Yeah, Jay's smiling because he was my co-conspirator, and we'd found a Greedo figure. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm going to buy this for Arnie. I'm going to give it to his birthday next month. So the dealer stuck it behind his stuff. And I said, 
told him, I said, hey, my husband's coming. Hide this. I'll pay for you in a second as soon as I can get him out. So I tried to get Arnie away, and Arnie came right over, and Jay has buying some stuff too, and Jay knew what I was doing. So he hid the other Greedo. There were three Greedos. Jay bought one. I bought one. And he hid the third one under everything. Arnie goes immediately to the box, looks, and goes, hey, a Greedo. I'm like, oh, don't buy that. What? Don't buy it. Oh, I'm going to buy this box. I'm like, don't buy it. You can buy the box. And then he gets this goofy grin on his face. I'm like, yeah, okay, I already bought you the Greedo, okay? <laughs> well, you, you tried to say, oh, don't go down that path of bootlegs. It's a terrible path. You don't want to go down that path. But then I saw this box. It was hilariously painted. First of all, they took a Bosque figure and they made a mold out of it. And they just, like, poured some plastic into that mold. It has no articulation. It is a statue. And then they hand-painted it really sloppy. And they painted the face like it's a chocolate. And the eyes are really white and the lips are really white. It looks kind of like that. I think his name is Sam Jowson from the jazz singer in the 40s, like the first talkie. Jolson. No, is it Jolson? Al Jolson. Thank you. I should have looked that up before. But that's what I thought it looked like. I'm like, this is so wrong it's right. Bosk is Al Jolson and the jazz singer. I need this. Then, but I was looking and I'm like, I honestly went to the swap meet like I am not buying anything. I spent way too much at the Celebration store. There's stuff here. There's some great stuff. There was a Power of the Force 2 at-at. It was 50 bucks. I'm like, I lost two of those in the flood. I would... Uh, I'm not going to buy it because I can get one later on eBay. I'm not going to ship it home. I prototyped. I'm not going to do that. That's way too expensive. Great stuff. Mexican bootlegs. Uh, well, is there a Greedo? <laughs> yeah, but then you ended up buying two things for me. First of all, for all the crap you've given me, yeah, I, I believe that on this show was the first time I announced I'd gone to Target and found some Revenge of the Sith boys' underwear, and I was having delusions of Sansweet, delusions of Duncan, and I'm like, it has a Star Wars logo, and so I bought it, and the, even the Target clerk questioned me, and then Marjorie questioned me. Well, I don't know what we're going to do with it, but I guess I, I can kind of see your point, because you bought me the vintage Yoda underoos last night, which... And I wasn't sure how that would go, because on the one hand, it's underoos, mint in package, still shrink-wrapped. Yeah. On the other hand, you've given me crap for six years about buying boys' underwear. Okay, but these are different. These are vintage underoos, and I used to have the R2-D2 ones. So what you're telling me is those episode three underwear that I bought. If I bought them for $50 in 20 years, you'd be okay with it. But since I bought them for $3 brand new, there's a problem. Well, now that you put it that way, it's kind of, um, I guess this is awkward for everyone involved. (laughs) Jonathan's a therapist. (laughs) Did I mention that? Hey, look, is that George Lucas? No, no, it's not. He doesn't even have a beard. But I also said I wasn't going to buy any prototypes. I... Went, went down, down that road. I, you bought me a Greedo bootleg figure. I, I bought you a prototype, but you did. there were prototypes all prices. You could get some modern figure prototype figures, $50 or so. You know, it was pretty good. I decided, though, I wasn't going to buy a prototype to buy a prototype. I didn't want to do that. There's just so much there. How do you pick? And he had a prototype Tauntaun from the new mold. It was really cool. All these multicolors look very prototypey. It's what you want. But it's like 150. It's a Tauntaun, but I'm not going to do it. And then one guy standing on the glass case had these prototypes out. And I looked, he had a baggie of prototypes that were just an inch tall. 
And I'm like, are those, at first I thought they were the miniatures that were packed in with the Hasbro figures that were supposed to be the chess set from a while back, but they were all episode one. They were the prototypes of the Japanese bottle toppers that were available. And he had prototypes of those, but they were episode one. And so I'm like, well, okay, they're only $15 a piece, but they're episode one. I'm laying, it's like, it's a bottle topper from Japan. It's nice and niche, but Watto, New Gunray, like little Annie, Sebulba. I'm like, I think I'm going to, oh, Jar Jar. (laughs) She likes Jar Jar. I do. I love him. (laughs) And so I went over to her and I go, would you like a Jar Jar prototype? And I actually, I think you asked me for $20 first. No, I, I asked you if you wanted it uh, first. Okay. I, you didn't even ask how much. First I asked if you wanted it because I was going to buy it for you as a gift. Yeah. Then I asked you if I could borrow $20 because mm-hmm. so I spent all my money that It kind of, you know, does not become a gift at that point. I'm going to pay you back. I already paid you back yeah, the $20. You did. you did, but I need $350 later today, so we're probably going to be even here. <laughs> So we do have a Japanese bottle topper prototype Jar Jar, the first prototype in our collection. He's actually hanging out in my camera bag with Kubrick Boba right now. Maybe they'll reproduce and have some weird prototype Kubrick things. Yeah, scary children. I have a feeling that Bootleg Bosk is going to join Kubrick Boba on the Star Wars Action News World Tours because that's a he's just crazy. There is also a. Gamorian, and this was a, I believe, Brazilian bootleg. It was. Oh, he was tremendous. He was like, he was a weird green color, and his outfit was bright, and just, he's totally wrong. The reason we don't own him is he was $250. And I couldn't justify it. The person I'm really jealous of, and you should have gotten this, because you and Jay were going through and you grabbed Greedo, but there was a little person Gamorian guard. It was maybe an inch and a half tall. I don't know what they did. They, like, made a mold of the vintage Gamorrean guard. But then they made it squat, so it's the size of an Ugnaught, but it's all misproportioned and then painted black. It's crazy. And this guy was only asking, what was it, $5 a figure? Yeah, $5. He only had one of those crazy Gamorreans, and Jay, our photo editor, got it. And I'm like, oh, that one was... I'm searching through every box. I'm asking him, got any more of that Gamorrean? No, no more of the Gamorrean. And then I accidentally entered down a very dark path. Someone, very gracious person, gave me a very hard-to-find Disney Star Wars pin, which was for annual pass holders only, which I did not know it. And he explained to me it's actually a really big deal because you can only get it if you're a pass holder and they do check when you order it. So this lovely man gave this to me, and it was awesome. So it's sitting there on my underoos package. So this guy's checking out, I thought he was checking out my underwear. <laughs> little by out. little, you were creating a booth. I was, I was bringing you purchases, and you were putting them on a table, and I was like, you know, if you can double my money on any of those, go right ahead. <laughs> yeah, so he had this, I was sitting there, and this guy was checking out, I thought he was checking out the underwear, but he had a last tour to indoor pin from the last event at Star Wars Celebration when we all went to Disney, and he was selling that for $10 because he had something else he wanted to buy. So he's looking for people at pins to see if they'd want to trade or buy. I gave him 10 bucks because it was really a $25 pin. So now I apparently have a Disney pin collection that has started and starting to flourish. We actually have an entire tote full of Disney pins. I don't think you remember, but in 2003, we went to one of the early Star Wars weekends because Anthony Daniels was down there. And this was when Anthony Daniels was a hard autograph to get. And we took, he then at Celebration 2 when I started autograph collecting, but he only worked the stage. He didn't do 
autographs. And if you, he was at a Suncoast video, but he would only autograph his headshot. But then there was this Disney Star Wars weekends, and we got down there, we took the visual dictionary, he'd still only autograph his headshot, but being Star Wars weekends, they had a ton of exclusive pins. And I spent probably $500 on pins. So we have quite a bit. At the last tour to Endor, kind of like this celebration, after you hit the store and the store yeah. maxes it hits you where it the cards. You got called by your fraud department. I did. The fraud department called me because of the store purchase. And I should have said, no, that wasn't me. It's <laughs> not a celebration unless your credit card company calls you and asks what the hell's going on. <laughs> So we didn't buy that last Twitter indoor pin. I'm like, no, it's a pin. But a $25 pin for $10 and a souvenir to an event that we were at. And it was too hot to carry anything home. So yeah, it worked out well. And now we're actually going to be joined by a special guest because one of the big things about this celebration that I mentioned in our last live show was a little bit shocking is the EU love we're getting at this show because you go to San Diego Comic-Con or C2E2 and the live sh- and the EU is represented but sometimes it feels a little underrepresented it feels like the panels are a little bit half full notice i said half full not half empty marjorie but at celebration there is just so much EU going on and joining us now is Mark Thompson, who's a name you may not know, a face you may not have seen, but a voice you've probably heard, as Mark has been doing the Star Wars audiobooks for a number of years now, doing the Legacy of the Force series, the Fate of the Jedi series. You did the full editions of the Thrawn trilogy by Zahn, because those abridged ones were sad. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So, tell are you a Star Wars fan? I am a huge Star Wars fan, yes. Uh, one of my first memories is seeing Empire in the theater, and when R2-D2 goes in the water and Luke screams out, R2, R2, where are you? I said, he's in the water. You know, it's just... <laughs> So I'm I'm lifelong Star Wars fan. Very thrilled to be. And did you read Star Wars before you were doing the Expanded Universe audiobooks? I read some of the EU comics, but not a lot of the novels. I had actually started Heir to the Empire, uh, and I got, I think I was very young, and I got distracted and didn't finish the book, and then I ended up having to finish it when I did the audio. (laughs) (laughs) Do you read the books before you have to read them aloud? Obviously, you have to get a script, right, and rehearse? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, usually the process for me is I'll get a script anywhere from two to three weeks, usually, hopefully it's at least two weeks before we have to record, and then uh, I I read through the entire book, and I try to, I I make my notes of like, any character that has a speaking part, I just do a quick sentence and a summary of what their role in the story is, and then try to kind of figure out what voice I want them to have, and what's going to work for the story. And... Is it daunting to have to perform that much? I mean, you don't obviously have to memorize any lines, but having talked to quite a few actors over the years and things, I know that having to find a performance in is difficult. And you have thousands and thousands. I think it's like, what is it normally, 25,000 uh, words for a book? Yeah, something like that, yeah. And you have to read all of them because I love the fact that Random House has gone unabridged with their audiobooks now. And so every word they're writing, you're reading. Yeah. Yeah, it's honestly like I, I always feel silly complaining about it because it's not like I'm a coal miner, but you know, like <laughs> audiobooks is the hardest thing I do in terms of you know uh, labor intensity and just because you're, you're in the booth, you know, usually from 
10 in the morning till sometimes 6 o'clock at night, and it's just nonstop, go, 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 and, and uh, it, it definitely takes its toll. Like, after three days, you're hallucinating things, and you don't know what day it is, and, you know, but... Uh, I'm very grateful. I love it, but it's definitely it's 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 a lot. It's a lot of work. During that time, what do you do to kind of relax your voice? Because I know just at a convention, three days of talking, yeah. it, you're, you're going to go hoarse. Yeah. Well, uh, most of the work I've been able to find is in voiceover. So, um, I, my voice usually holds out pretty well. Like I'm I'm used to doing like a lot of cartoons and video games and stuff, and so. And, and I'm not allowed to get too loud with anything I do uh, because then it, the, the audio levels get off. So, um, I mean, after the third day, it's definitely a little hoarse. And if I get a cold anywhere in that week, then it can be kind of challenging. It can help the aliens but hurt Luke's voice, you know. So, uh, uh, But, it, yeah, so I just have to drink a lot of water. I, I usually have, like, a, a silo of uh, water next to me and just drink after every take and, you know. Now, what are some? How did you get into audiobooks? What's some of the other work that you've done? Um, well, this Legacy of the Force was actually my first official audiobook. Like since then, I've done some young adult fantasy novels. Uh, I did a, a couple of books called Brand Hambrick, which was like a Harry Potter-ish book, and then I did a four-part Dragon series uh, for Audible. But most of the books I've done, and the first one I ever did was was Star Wars. So that was kind of my big break into that. What's the kind of work you did before that? Uh, mostly animation. I, I did. I've uh, I've worked on uh, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, and uh, I did a, some voices for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And uh, so most of my work before that was animation. My first cartoon ever was uh, Daria. It's a spinoff of uh, Beavis and Butthead on MTV. So. Oh, yeah. The, the uh, Ginny Garofalo one. Yes. I remember that. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. <laughs> so I was like the football player and the, the Daria, Daria Morgendorf teacher <laughs> and uh, all those guys. So. so how did you get the audiobook gig? Did you have to try out for it? I know that there have been, over the years, there seems to be a reader, and that is yeah. their go-to re- uh, reader. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I had to... Um, Jonathan Davis, who's a really great voice actor, had, had done a bunch for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think what happened was is when Legacy of the Force came around, it was it was going to be a nine-book series, and they decided they wanted to just for whatever reason change it up and have somebody new to kind of take it into this next era. So um, they auditioned me, and my agent called and uh, said, you know, we have an audiobook, and I'd heard a lot about audiobooks and how laborious they were, so I was like, oh, really? But then they said it was Star Wars, and I was like, yes, please! <laughs> you know? And I prayed so hard. I was like, God, please let me get this one. Uh, so I really prepped hard for that one and, and worked on that audition a lot, and then uh, thankfully I booked it. So. Now, when you do this, do you read the book linearly? Or I've often wondered this, because I listen to your work. I've listened to just about every audiobook you've done for Star Wars. So when I found out that they contacted me had the opportunity to talk to you I'm sitting there and I'm listening to this and I do a lot of audio editing for our podcast and so I'm trying to listen for the little tells and I'm trying to figure out how you do it do you do like if you're doing an alien to keep the same voice do you do all of it at once or do you read the book beginning to end we read it from beginning to end and that's more for the editors than it is for me because I think (laughs) I would prefer to record it where I do you know all of this character's lines all that character's lines and then the narrative um, just just for vocal continuity, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be so. I'm sure you know from editing it. That would be so incredibly hard for the editors. So we do it 
linearly. Um, and the way I keep track is when I'm prepping the book, I record in my phone uh, what voices I, I'm thinking of doing for each character. And then when I figured out this is the voice I want to do for Nyathal or you know, uh, Silgal or whoever, I'll... I'll have that reference there, so when it comes to that point, like when their dialogue comes up, if I need to refresh my memory, I'll just play it so I can keep it consistent, you know. Or if there's like a lieutenant in the beginning of the book and he's not there until the last chapter and I can't remember what I did for that guy, I'll, I'll have it on my phone so I can listen to it real quick and then get back in the groove. That, that's wonderful. I kind of figured you had to have some kind of reference. <laughs> yeah. When you get a new character, are you given any direction on the type of sound to give it, or do you have to come up with that? Well, usually I come up with my ideas, and then when we get there, Kevin Thompson, who's my director, does an amazing job, uh, will either pull me back a little or say, no, that, I, don't, I don't like that voice for this character. You know, He's going to have a more prominent role in the next book, so let's, let's change him up a little bit. And so we kind of collaborate and work together on that to figure out what's the most appropriate for you know each character. Is there a specific species or character that's really rough on your voice and you're like, oh uh, boy? Yeah, the, uh, the, the, no, I, I just did the uh, Air of the Empire, mm-hmm. the, the Thrawn trilogy, and the Nogri were like, you know, especially challenging because there were some monologues where the, the Matrack had like, you know, Lady Vader! It was like very, it was very scratchy and just... <laughs> It was fine for, like, a line here and there, but when I saw some of her monologues, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so, but some of those, uh, it's, it's, it's like a muscle, so the more you use it, it's okay. But the, the drier, scratchier ones can, can be a, take a toll. So. And when you're doing characters from the movie, like Admiral Akbar in the Heir to the Empire trilogy, or the human characters as well, do you find yourself, like, trying to not necessarily impersonate, but match inflection and cadence? Yeah. And that, that's actually, for me, the, the most helpful anchor to do that, you know, because obviously I'm not going to, when you're trying to imitate, you know, uh, Mark Hamill or Harrison Ford in those movies, it's like you're not going to get an exact match for their voice. Mm-hmm. But the cadence, if I can lock into the, the rhythm of the way they might say, like, Frippio or, you know, something like that, it, like there's, there's certain lines I key into on the movie that anchor me so that I can try to like move forward on that you know so I, I really try to get their rhythms and their speech patterns and so do you find it easier when you're dealing with something like the Thrawn trilogy and you have more movie characters to reference or when you do something like the old republic where everything is what you make it um there's pros and cons to both like it's easier in the sense of well I don't have to figure out what they're going to sound like like I, I can just try to you know mimic it or, or get the spirit or the essence of that voice uh, the problem with that is though is then I feel this added pressure of you know oh no everyone knows what this guy's supposed to sound like so if I don't come close you know what are people going to think or especially if I'm trying to you know do Carrie Fisher <laughs> I'm like obviously not a woman but uh, you know so that, that there's like a pressure there that I feel uh, but it, it, I, I like having those references to go to and then the fun part about you know new characters is that I get to kind of be you know more creative so so and I, but I like it when like like fans will say hey you really sound like Luke Skywalker or that really sounds like you know so and so that to me that's like okay I, I've, I've done my job okay and you know so, so, so there's a sense of pride if I can nail one of those voices that other people are familiar with but there's also a sense of joy of creating you know the voice of whoever you know with this new character so. and 
when, with all the books you've done, when you're reading the script through at the beginning, has there ever been a book that you just got so involved in that you forgot you were reading, like, necessarily a script and you just were taken by the prose and wanted to see how the story went? Oh, yeah. Well, the, um, I could, I can't remember which book it was, because especially in the nine, like, in Fate of the Jedi and Legacy of the Force, they all bleed together for me. But, um... I really like the Abeloth storyline, mm. and I, I'm huge into anything with the Jedi. Like, I know some people are Smugglers fans and, you know, and kind of the military aspect of Star Wars, but I, I love any Jedi mythology. So that was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to spoil it or anything, but like the, just the, the, the revelation of who she was and her relationship to, to father and son from the Clone Wars was like a big, like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> So that was, a, that was a big moment I was really into. All right. Well, I really enjoy your work. Thank you for coming on the yeah, show. Thank you. I'm really looking forward it. to it. I've really enjoyed hearing all the legacy of the Force Fair of the Jedi. Before Clone Wars, I've told our listeners many times that after Episode 3, I viewed the audiobooks as the only way to get a Star Wars multimedia experience with all the music, all the sound effects, everything in there, and the voice actors just really bring it home. And I think you do a wonderful job. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Have a good show. Thanks. And they're having this really cool thing at the Random House audio booth that I am going to go down and do. I don't know how I'm going to find the time, but I'm going to go down and do this because they have a read in your own booth. And you can pretend you're that guy and read some pages from the Thrawn book. And I'm going to go down there and try it because for those of you who have dug deep in the archives for the much delayed Star as delayed as the prequels, Star Wars Action News Book Club, I've done a few of those myself, and I'd love the chance to just get the experience of what it's like to do it in a booth with that. And But you got to use your hands so you can emote, because, you know, you can't get that going without your hands. Well, the best thing is, I don't have to edit that. There's actually an engineer there, so I can screw up, and I don't have to think of the hours of work I've just created for myself. I love the fact that Mark said, oh, I have to do it this way because it's easier on the editors. That's now what I'm going to tell Jonathan, Jerry, Dan, Stuart, Jacob, you have to do it this way. It's easier on the editor. I hate it when you say that. I get PTSD from this sometimes. So that is something I definitely have to try to squeeze in. We finally got time today to do Carbon Freeze Me. Oh my gosh, that was awesome. I think I still have my headband. If you, if you haven't done it, they make they give you this weird medical-looking headband, and you have to put it on to get your hair back so they can get a good picture of you. So you're standing out there in line, and you look like this. It's like 1981 yeah. at a bar where you're like trying to pick somebody up. Or you're going like, to a Journey concert. Yeah, we, yeah absolutely. I, we talked about asking for extras so we could do like the wristbands. Oh, wait, here, here, hold on. Look. Do the Journey pose. I want it silk screened like a Nike swoosh. I want to wear mine all day. It's so like tennis from the 80s. They do give out wristbands, strangely enough, at the Carbon Freeze Me, but it's not wristbands like that. It's a little light-up wristband. You get one for every... Now I'm ready to play tennis. <laughs> and so that was a whole lot of fun. They ask you to make a lot of different faces. We got there really early and got through, and I'd say about a half an hour. 
Mm -hmm. But it was a whole lot of fun. They, you make four faces, and you get to pick one. And then they have cameras on all sides. They're making a 3D model of your face. And then once you pick the one, they render that model. They can start moving it in space. And they flipped it around. And like, would you like to see what your face would look like if it was peeled off your skull? <laughs> it's like, well, maybe. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of spooky and weird. It's like Total Recall. I couldn't think of the movie for a second. Where the two weeks lady where yeah. her face comes off, you know? It was. If you haven't seen that. Yeah, it was a little bit nuts. After that, you happen to just stumble across a booth of Star Wars socks. I did. I bought some socks. I was so excited. I've got some on now. They were glittery Celebration 6 exclusive socks. They have men's socks, too, but they don't have glitter on them. Oh, wait, you can buy the girl socks if you want, I suppose. And I did get my Hallmark ornament this morning of the... Honda Baba, Obi-Wan, and Arm. The Arm ornament, which is awesome. That thing has had a crazy line every day, been first to sell out. That and the Lego are the two non-store exclusives that I think everybody is just going for. Mm -hmm. And of course, they're right next to each other. Yes, they so are. the lines are nice and yeah. long. And you picked up a poster for the Clone Wars screening? I did not. I was fortunate because of Jonathan. If you went to the Clone Wars Season 5 premiere and I was not able to go, Jonathan and Jerry went. Again, you can hear about that at republicforces.com when their show gets up a little bit after the con. But they had a poster, and I was kicking myself because I didn't go. And at the Savage Press trilogy that they showed in theaters, we went to that up in Chicago. They had that poster. It was only given out there. Everybody's sitting back, oh, it's going to be on Star Wars Shop. It was never on Star Wars Shop. You only got it there. And I'm like, oh, I felt so good having that. And then I'm like, now that I don't have this one, I felt I was missing one of a set. And Jonathan's like, here, I don't want it. So he was very nice. I'm going to have to pay him back with an exclusive at some point. But that was a cool poster that he was able to get for me from the screening. And the Star Tots that are being given away at the collector's panels, those are tremendous if you haven't seen them. There's some on display in this room, the social room over in the case over there. They are super-duper cute. Well, you know, we talked about that checklist of exclusive items, and a lot of them were free that were here at the con. I have now come to the conclusion that it is impossible, not improbable, impossible to get every exclusive here at the con because there are so many exclusives being given out in panels. And the Star Tots are perhaps the most well-publicized, but if you went to this... Lucasfilm presentation that was in the collector stage, but it wasn't part of the collecting track. There was no Star Tot. They gave out sunglasses to people there. And if you went to the Lucasfilm panel, they had Boba Fett 3D glasses that came in a nice little slipcase. And if you go to the 3D experience, there's exclusive 3D glasses you get. And you just see people walking around with stuff. Where'd you get that? Oh, it was at this panel. You had to be at the panel. And I think that there is no way in a lifetime you could catalog everything given out at every panel plus everything given out at every booth mm -hmm. and try to accumulate all that swag and the converse of that is so much of it will end up in a garbage can because people walk out I don't really want this or they take it home because this happened the first time we started going to big conventions is you grab all of it you can and you're getting the little pamphlets little fans or just piece of gum that the wrappers and add for something you take it all home with you and then you get home and it sits there for a while and eventually you go through and you're like, what was I thinking? I don't want this. This is going right in the trash. But then Arnie makes me keep it all anyway. 
That's what Rubbermaid is for. It is there for all the stuff I, I cannot, you don't know what else to do with. I cannot tell you the most obscure and weird things I have bagged and boarded to keep them from getting bent. Comic book bags and boards are great for anything, even sub-comic book size. They roll around a little. I don't know if, how many of you here went to Celebration 3. About half. Do you remember those little holocrons that they were giving out at one of the booths? They're the cardboard fold-down flats, and you could uh, construct them, and there were six different ones and make six different holocrons. I think six. I'm off the top of my head. We have all of those bagged and boarded sitting in a comic book long box. It is a great way to do that. All the little free cards were given out. Like the, Here in the social area is the contact point for the scavenger hunt going on. What do they call it? The Galactic Quest? The Collector Quest, aren't they? The collector quest, and if you win, if you're able to find all the pieces, you get this wonderful collector quest medal. And I didn't earn this, <laughs> but it's, it's here so people ask me while I work in the room about, hey, how do I get one of those? And they go through all of that. There's those cards. I mean, that is a collectible. If you get one completely stamped, that's a different collectible than one that's fresh. And it, all it depends that stuff. on how far you want to go into that. It's just, you know, do you want to keep every scrap of paper? I'm sure you could go and find something, a receipt with Star Wars Celebration on it. It's just your own level of comfort and insanity. Well, what really made me open my eyes to that is when we did our Star Wars Action News, or the Star Wars Fan Breakfast at San Diego Comic-Con last year, the first one we did, and Steve Stance, we came, we had name tags for everyone that we printed out, and Chris, our graphic designer, put them all together and had the graphics on it. It was really nice. And when we were done, we were just packing up the excess stuff, and we had an untouched sheet. And Steve came over, I need that. You, you need a sheet of No, not there. that's complete. I need that. And he took it away, and he brought out this little plastic sleeve, and he put it in a plastic sleeve, and then gave it to a handler who put it in a folder and put it away. And I'm sure it's in a Rubbermaid tote or some other file cabinet in Rancho Obi-Wan. Have you guys had a chance to go down to the Rancho Obi-Wan experience down there yet? You definitely owe it to yourself to go down, take a look. There is so much there. It is just absolutely incredible and so much going on. This has just been a great celebration, and Saturday's been costume day. I noticed a lot of costumers out there. Yeah, it's great. Um, you saw Yarna. This is my first time seeing a Yarna costumer. Marjorie, Which is awesome. I wanted to do it one year, but I don't have that kind of patience or skill. You've been heckling Jekyll Giant on Twitter because they have that Slave Leia thing where they bring all the Slave Leias together for the Jabba. And on Twitter, I keep asking them, when's the Yarna photo shoot? Because they have the Slave Leia photo shoot. I think they have a Yarna photo shoot. It may be a photo shoot of one, but this was a really good Yarna as far as that could possibly go. She did only have the appropriate number of breasts. Human or? Human. Yes. So as far as I know, she did not have six breasts. Maybe she did. Maybe it is like another total recall thing. I don't know. I saw a barf from Spaceballs. Yeah, that, that was barf. a great costume. <laughs> um, Dark Helmet actually was in the room earlier. There, yeah. If anybody's looking for Dark Helmet, he is here and he has giant shorts. Uh, he needs to get together with Barf because I don't think that was coordinated. No. It's just a lovely, lovely accident. I have seen my first boss customer who actually was on the stilts and doing the whole thing. He was there with the 
the Wookiees and met the height of everything. They were actually, this was like a flash mob type thing where they had coordinated and were doing the prison breakout from the Clone Wars episodes. They were all in the orange jumpsuits and you had Bosk and you had a bunch of Wookiees and you had Cad Bane there without the hat. It was a great costume group. Now, I heard yesterday, I haven't seen it, but I think it's on General Giant's page. There's a Will Rowe Hood flash mob Yo, with the ice cream great. maker. I, I would have loved to see that. Did they dance? I mean, flash mobs dance. I, I don't know. Maybe they sang... Uh, I'm hearing from the audience there was no dance. Well, that's no fun. It's not a flash mob. I, I honestly think all the Will Rowe Hoods need to bring up, break out like a boombox to I'm sexy and I know it. Yeah, and kind of dance, dance around Sorry. some LMFAO. You're planning a flash mob, you got to dance. But yeah, absolutely. We saw the best Slave Leia ever because obviously to costume a Slave Leia, you should be a physically fit woman and or man. I you know don't want to discriminate against Your favorite Slave Leia was the C4 Harry one who got waxed on American Idol. Yeah, the guy that man Leia. He was awesome. I um, Yeah, there's a great picture of me with that. You can see some time later. This woman, she's a little bit of an older woman. She had a bikini top on, like a t-shirt that was, you know, that has the body on it that's different, and then she put the Slave Leia outfit over it, and it was awesome. It was, that's the way to costume a Slave Leia. So, yeah, it has been a great con. We are going to be doing another live show. This is our second. We're doing a third tomorrow at noon. But we have a special guest. We have a special guest. I'm not going to say who it is. I'm going to say who it isn't. It is not George Lucas. No. Okay, so I'm not trying to pull that. But he does have white hair. He does have white hair. We're not actually going to do it in this room because we've got something else playing in this room. We're going to be in booth 450. It's the Force United booth, a lot of fan sites, us, and a bunch of others. We're going to be doing a live show in booth 450. You want to show up there. It'll be a lot of fun. It should be a great time. I want to thank you all for coming. Wait, and right after this, we are doing our Meet the Fan site in this same room, and we do have our exclusive wedge as part of the Death Star patch, and at 3 o'clock, Yak Face is doing theirs. Yes. You will also need to follow us on Twitter, because we will be giving away possibly some full sets or some wedges out of here. We'll be doing trivia questions, or maybe Marjorie will make you hold a sign that says something and take her picture and tweet it. But those of you who've been sitting here paying attention, I know who you are. I used to teach. So stay where you are. I, got I saw something. Andrew reading. <laughs> I've got something special for all of you, and then uh, we'll be giving away the patches. So thank you very much for coming. Thank you for listening to this episode of Star Wars Action News, and we want to know your thoughts on Star Wars Celebration 6. Did you go? Did you have a good time? Let us know. Even if you didn't go, what do you think about all the Hasbro news coming out of there? The items in the Celebration store, what are you hunting for on eBay? Let us know by sending a voicemail to 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that show at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News book club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. 
We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at SWActionNews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can help support Star Wars Action News by using the affiliate links on our homepage when shopping online. We would also appreciate it if you spread the word about Star Wars Action News by posting about us on Twitter, Facebook, MySpace, or just tell a friend about the show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can also cast a vote for us each month at Podcast Alley. Links to both can be found on our homepage at SWActionNews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please visit YakFace.com and JediTempleArchives.com, and we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is website designed by Jason, associate produced and announcements by Brock, reporters Jerry, Dan, Steve, and Justin, graphic design by Chris, and podcast enhancement by Barrett. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademarked and copyright Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the force be with you. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2012, all rights reserved.